you want he's a keeper you can't handle he's a keeper but welcome to he's a keeper i'm your host Zachary the i'm your host jaden cron we are talking about a few good men the which... 1992 rob rayner film starring tom cruise jack nicholson kevin pollack demi moore and yes. also with a very special guest role um the most important character in the entire film as Kiefer Sutherland. Also fun, fun fact. Another actor in this movie is, uh, Xander Berkeley. And, uh, you may know him from another Kiefer Sutherland joint. Uh, that would be 24. He plays the character George Mason. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, also Kevin Pollack is the, is the guy they kidnapped in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Wow. So. Fun. So this is an important movie in the Kiefer canon. Yeah. Despite the relative lack of Kiefer when compared to <laughs> yeah. some of the other movies we've watched. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, he's he's there. He's not like, an, he's an important character. Yeah, he's not nothing. He's yeah. definitely, I feel like he does more in this than he does in Frankie the Fly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he was, uh, the less we talk about Frankie the Fly, the better. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about this movie, because this movie is actually good. Um, this movie is a good movie. This It's perhaps most famous uh, for the line, You Can't Handle the Truth, spoken by Jack Nicholson. Um, that's the only thing that anybody really remembers about this movie. Yeah. And it's more than that. I mean, it's also about Mountain Dew. <laughs> yeah. This was actually, um, it was a guerrilla marketing campaign for uh, Mountain Dew Code Red. Um, Along with the Navy. <laughs> yeah. Tom Cruise is just constantly asking Jack Nicholson if he ordered a Mountain Dew Code Red. And by with the his, end, Nicholson... Doesn't pizza. just say that he doesn't just admit that he ordered this code red. He's enthusiastic about it. He says oh, he yeah. would do it again. That is a ringing endorsement from a famous actor. This Hollywood propaganda. <laughs> yeah, the joke is that uh, uh, is that in the movie there's a code red thing because that's like it's basically saying, "Hey, you guys go discipline this, this other person in our unit." <laughs> And then they go and they discipline him. And that's it. <laughs> yep. Okay, so let's get into the plot of this movie. Okay. Um, this is a courtroom drama. Yeah. Tom Cruise is this, like, you know, he's this cocky lawyer. He's He does, like, he works for, he wor- he's a lieutenant. Yeah, yeah he's a lieutenant. He largely does, he largely does uh, plea bargaining. So that just basically means that he tries to make sure that his, um, his cases never actually really go to court. He just talks with the prosecution and tries to get his um, get his people on minimum time served yeah. for the least amount of effort he has to put in. Um, and so he just basically doesn't says that they're guilty for and tries to reduce the sentence. Usually yeah. while he's playing baseball, he um, does a lot of that. Or softball, like- yeah. He, at the beginning, he's um, he's like working out a plea deal while hitting hitting the old uh, ball around. I don't know what they're called. Yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise basically in this, he, he starts out doing that, and then all of a sudden, huh. two guys 
there's this other guy, uh, Willie, Willie Santiago. Willie Santiago got killed, and uh, Hal, what's Hal's last name? I can't remember um, the last names. Well, see, I'm looking on IMDb, and they're not right there. Um, Dawson and... Yeah, Hal Dawson. Or, and who's the other one? I don't know. Dunderbutt? Yeah, Dawson and Dunderbutt. Dawson and Dunderbutt are accused of murdering Santiago. They're like, no, I wouldn't do that. I didn't do that. I promise. I didn't do that. And then, yeah, then Tom Cruise has to go uncover the whole plot. Yeah, because Demi Moore's well, like, I wanted to do this, but you're going to, you're apparently in charge of this, so I'm going to make sure you actually do it. And he's, and like, he's oh, like, oh, I guess I'll do it. And then, you know, Kevin Pollack's there, he's like, Eh, I'm just kind of here. <laughs> and uh, it's a good movie. Yeah, basically, so they they have to figure out, they have to defend the two guys accused of murdering Santiago, and mm. they they uncover basically um, their commanding officers had ordered them to give a code red, which as we explained earlier was basically like you know. Like it's basically like um what's the term? Like uh the thing you do in high school or Oh a hazing. Yeah, it's like hazing. It's like, hazing, oh you're not pulling like... your weight. Well, we're gonna bully you. Yeah. And it goes wrong and Santiago died and but they're trying to argue, they're trying to basically they're trying to prove that it was the fault of the commanding officers. Yeah. And it's a difficult movie it. to talk about because it's it's hard to describe a lot of yeah it's like you know when I've been I've recently been playing Phoenix Wright and I'm trying to explain any court case Mm -hmm. to my roommate and he's like that sounds ridiculous (laughs) I'm like it is (laughs) this just in Phoenix Wright is a good game series hi I'm 19 years too late um anyways but yeah this movie there's a lot that goes on um, but basically, Kiefer Sutherland's role in this movie is he yeah, is the is he what is he? Is he, he is the second lieutenant. Yeah, he's, he's the second lieutenant, um, and he basically told um, Hal to to do to do the, the hazing on Santiago, and then because Hal was like the hey, was he the lance corporal? Yeah, for his squad, and then yeah, he got cool. he got his buddy to go in there with him to do it, and, and Santiago died, and yeah, so Kiefer just kind of walks around in this movie and says, "Sir, yes, sir, I'll get it done." Or yeah, he's he kind of just like the the middleman between Dawson and Jack Nicholson's character, and then he he you know he's on the testimony stand, and it's pretty good, you know. Tom Cruise yep. has to build a case because yep. there's like almost no evidence for him, and he's like, "We're gonna lose." And then Demi Moore's like, "No, we got it. We have the power of friendship." And Tom Cruise is like, "No, no, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm doing my best, but we can't win." Then there's like the best scene in the movie when is when he like gets drunk, yeah, because he thinks they're gonna lose because he uh, basically they missed a crucial detail. And so he's like, we've lost. And he just gets drunk and goes on this rant for, like, a minute or two. It's good. Yeah. Like, I've, good I've always Tom seen Cruise. this. 
I only knew this movie from like seeing it parts of it on TV, and I'd always seen that scene. I'm like, I gotta see this movie just for that scene because Tom Cruise. He goes he goes cage rage in this movie. Yeah, He's, really. He. I just want to get into my theory about Tom Cruise being Nicolas Cage, but like, it's the same energy of of Nicolas Cage going crazy in a movie, except he's in a good movie. Yeah, that's true. It's in a good movie, and it's, yeah. I mean, that's fair because he he really is just like, the first half of this movie, he's just the worst. Yeah, you just hate him. He's just like you're just sitting there like. Ugh. Just do your job, Tom Cruise. And he's like, yeah, I don't really care. I'm just kind of here around you. I'm going to go talk to Jack Nicholson in Cuba. I'm going to wear my white uniform and get called a slur. Yeah. (laughs) (coughs) Jack Nicholson took Jaden out. Yeah, he took me out for for talking too much. No, sorry. I'm I'm terribly sick. It's bad. I'm so... I'm just... I'm a mess right now, but we don't need to talk about that. We're talking about the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What else? What happened in this movie? What do you want to talk about? Oh, I want to talk about something. Okay. Um, the freaking the score in this movie, man. Mm. There's like, I'm sorry. There's like the for the first half of this movie, they keep using the same synth piano sequence. Yeah. Anytime anything happens, like it'll be like the smallest thing, and then you'll just hear the the same like four notes played on piano and you're like oh oh you got me <laughs> yeah it's all very just kind of generic 90s stuff yeah like like super early 90s soundtrack it's i mean it's beautiful i love it the mm-hmm. second it started playing during the scene where where santiago gets hazed is just it's. I was like, oh man, I'm in for a '90s movie. Yeah, let's get at it, folks. Yeah. It gets it gets less repetitive throughout. The, yeah. Throughout the film, which was which was good. Um, I think we're uh, we're uh, dodging around the 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 elephants in the room, though. I mean, this is a, this yeah. is a Nicholson film. This is peak Nicholson. This is that is true. Nicholson at his best. He he goes from one minute from like you know, playing nice with Tom Cruise in Cuba, to mm-hmm. demanding that he he asks he be- basically demanding he begs for this piece of evidence that he needs, um, mm-hmm. and then in the you know in the courtroom, the I mean, the, the you can't handle the truth part. It's iconic, but it even in context of the movie, it feels like a soundbite mm. but like that whole speech he gives of like you want me on that wall you need me on that wall yeah it's whew, chilling or that seems so good because it, it does it it tackles like some interesting stuff i mean this movie is basically like it's about an overreach and the effects of like this culture of the marines Mm-hmm. Uh, hazing each other and hazing the weak because like you know, mm-hmm. Willie he was the weak of his, week one of his Santiago sorry he was the weak one of his um, his squad he couldn't keep up when they were doing running mm-hmm. things um, he was trying to get transferred off because he and by reporting um, some by reporting an incident and you know this movie movie is arguing that this kind of culture is bad and then Jack Nicholson's character is do, is refuting it with embodiment of that like culture yeah 
you know, this is how how this things how get lives done. Are saved. Yeah. But also mm, the fact uh, that they're at Guantanamo, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. When did all the when did the, when did Guantanamo become? You know, when did it become the, the place to be? You know, when did it become the premier? vacation destination for terrorists well it was only built in 1980 no, oh sorry i'm looking on wikipedia i read that wrong it's oh, built okay. in 1898 there we go um <laughs> but it, it was yeah it was started to be leased in 1903 when did it start being used as a prison tension camp it was in 2002 so after 9-11 okay yeah that's what i thought yeah so yeah this movie it's still just like a marine base and yeah yeah, I mean, it's still to me this movie still counts as military propaganda. Yeah, uh, for sure. Just in that, like, especially with that ending, with mm-hmm. like the the end written in cursive over the courtroom after Tom Cruise is like, "This is you know, this is a damn great country," and basically the idea is that the problem is not the system; it's just yeah. there's a few bad apples. You just gotta get rid of the bad apples. They're trying to spoil the bunch. You just gotta do your best. You gotta work your hardest. Pull yeah, America. I mean. Especially with, um, like, how it ends with um, the two, like, the two people on trial. They, mm-hmm. they get, so the charges of uh, murder and conspiracy to commit murder are dropped, but they are still charged with uh, conduct unbefitting of a U.S. Marine, and they're discharged, discharged dishonorably. Um, and they, like, one of them makes a speech of, like, you know, we did something that was wrong. That's not what a Marine does. Mm-hmm. And it it ends with him saluting Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, he's like, there is an officer in the room. And then he just turns like, for the country. Yeah. For and our like, people. Like Tom Cruise, when uh, Jack Nicholson's getting taken away, he's like, I am a lieutenant in the U.S. Marines. You're going to jail, you son of a bitch. I don't know. I feel like for the most part, it's not super obvious. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's a drama, like it, it, it tries to keep it, but... You know, that moment when he said son of a bitch, I was like, oh, man, that's yeah. Tom Cruise. Come on, you're you're a professional. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is also after he, like, his yeah. his winning argument was him just yelling and being held in contempt. Yeah. His basic, his basic strategy eventually is he's just like, well, I'm just going to piss Jack Nicholson yeah. off so he gets angry at me. Like, he wants... To be able to say this, so I'll just make him say it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean it. It's a good movie. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it overall thoroughly. Like, yeah, this is by far is probably the best movie we watched. Easily the best movie we've seen. Yeah. It's shot well. It's directed well. Rob Rayner does a good job. I mean, he's Rob Rayner. Like he did <laughs> so many other good movies. He did. Um, this is Spinal Tap. He did um, Stand by Me. He yeah, did another Princess Bride. So like, you know, he knows what he's doing. This is yeah. This is a competently. This is a well-made film. It's a two and a half hour movie, but it does not feel like a two and a half hour movie in the best way. You know, it feels. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's the pace is good. You know. Yeah, even with TV ads, I was there's never any point where I was like, this movie needs to be over now. Like. Yeah. It it's was, you just it's, keep wanting to know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I wish 
part of me wishes that they had kind of made it so that there was more of a more of a progression in the mystery that there was more to figure mm-hmm. out um because there are points where it, it it starts to slow down a bit and i mean they do try like those those parts are filled with with a fair bit of, of decent uh character development personally yeah i was like blown away by the fact that Kiefer and demi moore do not end the movie in an explicit you mean tom romantic, or did i say Kiefer sutherland yeah Oh my god. It's goodness. okay, we're all thinking of them. <clears throat> all the time. Tom Cruise and Demi yeah. Moore did not end this movie in an explicit romantic relationship. Like they do go on a date at one point, but like it's yeah, it's barely even that. It's they just go out for seafood together like regular friends, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and laugh a bit. I was like there's the the part before she asked him out to dinner, I was letting the I was sitting there and I said to my roommate, I was just like, There's gonna be a sex scene. Like, it's going to happen. Like, she's... St- the, we just saw a close-up of Tom Cruise's face for five seconds while he's staring at her. She's walking... You know, they've been working through their differences this whole movie. They've been getting on each other's nerves, and now they're finally starting to make some headway. And they're just gonna, you know, celebrate that uh, Ooh. in an adult and refined way. But then they didn't. Yeah. And they don't even kiss in the movie. And I was like, wow. Yeah. What? A movie from the 90s where... The main female character is not there for romantics? Yeah, it, it like, it's platonic tension. Yeah, like, she's mostly there just for them to be like, oh, my God, okay. Like, she's there to just kind of be really plucky and... Yeah. And, which, I mean, you could say enough about... You could say stuff about stereotypes with women in movies, but... Yeah, it's definitely not ideal. She's still, she's still a character. Like, it is sad that this is the bar for progressive. Yeah. <laughs> but like, even today, if this movie came out, I would still be surprised. I'd still be like, wow, that, oh, how they did that's some restraint. That's uh, that's cool there. <laughs> the bar is so low, but they passed it. Yeah. Oof. You know who else passed the bar? Tom he Cruise's character in this movie. Probably. Oh, that's true. He did. He did pass the bar because he's a lawyer. Yeah. And so did Demi Moore, because she's a lawyer exactly. as well. Wow. Fun times. Look at all this bar passing. <laughs> Look at all this flying over my head. Let me just, just gotta grab my Look phone. At, I'm just going to check over my notes to see. I have some okay. stuff written down. I think we covered Look this at, with. Look at one flying over the cuckoo's nest. Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. <laughs> don't. Don't pronounce it like that. Cuckoo? Yeah. Cuckoo. Uh, no, the don't other say way? cuckoo. It's a cuckoo. <laughs> it's not. If it was going to be spelled, if it was going to be pronounced cuckoo. You can't say cuckoo. This is a good Christian podcast. That's fair. Okay, that's... so one point I want to bring up. Um, the guy at the magazine stand is the <gasps> best character in this whole movie. <laughs> Leo? Is that his name? Is his name Leo? I don't even remember. Leon? Leopold? I can't remember. It's just the guy running in the magazine stand, and Tom Cruise would go and pick up a magazine, and they would just, like, trade cliches. Yeah, spelt platitudes at each other. It's great. (laughs) It's wonderful. It's it's literally, like, the parts in Don Quixote where Sancho Panza just says, like, 
15 platitudes in a row, and you're like, all right, buddy, and Don Quixote's like, just shut up, you idiot. Except this time, Tom Cruise is, like, actually engaging with him. It's great. Yeah. He's in the movie twice, but... Uh, they served no purpose, like, story-wise. Well, yeah, story-wise. But, like, they just, they just make me happy. wise though. It's obviously, you know, it's like, okay, Tom Cruise is, is a fast-thinking guy. Huh. It's a good movie. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Cruise does does good. Um, there's kind of some points in this movie where it's his behavior towards yeah towards uh, Demi Moore is not not my favorite in a movie. No, not but uh, ideal, to say that's most it's mostly in the first half. Yeah, and then and then Jack Nicholson reveals him himself to be the real misogynist. Yeah, and you're like, oh. oh. Well, no, Jack Nicholson is just, his character in this movie is just that he's all of the things that are bad. Yeah, really. Oof. He's an explicit homophobe. Because, I mean, everybody else is kind of implicitly homophobe. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's the early 90s. Yeah, it wasn't a great... So is this movie Kiefer? Oh, this movie's definitely a Kiefer. I think it's definitely a Kiefer. And I think it's the most... I love how... Even though this is the best movie we've seen, this is the one we've talked the least about. It's just, the thing about it is, it's just like, I think it's something about the courtroom drama that does not lend itself to our to particular brand of discussing the various stupid things about the movie. Because we don't know anything about courts. Yeah. We yeah, can't well, be like, oh, he said it, this, and that makes no sense. Well, that's not all. I don't know. I'd like to think that we're more than your average nitpickers you know I don't want to be known as a nitpicker who who is there talking about you know I never Kiefer Sutherland you know we watch a sci-fi movie with him I never want to be like yeah well this doesn't make sense because science like the people who criticize the part in The Last Jedi where like they have the bombing ships over the destroyers Jaden we cannot get into Last Jedi how how do bombs how do bombs fall in in anti-gravity I'm a nitpicker listen to me listen to me we cannot do this (laughs) okay I'll calm down now our our numbers have plummeted enough we don't oh that's true that's true I'm going to retract everything I just said. But, um... Anyway, I like to think that we're better than that. Yeah. We more like to, like... We're looking at how the movie itself is made. Yeah, you know, it brings that, you know, that certain perspective. We're going to look at why the character... Why it's dumb as a character. Yeah. You know? Come on. Come on. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, and there's not a lot of... Not that much... The dumb stuff. There's, you know, quite a few memorable scenes. I love Kay. Actually, let's go back to talking about Jack Nicholson. Okay, I'm sorry, yeah. we didn't. Yeah, we did please, not say enough please. about him. This is just like you know. This is the point in Jack Nicholson's career where he realized he could just like. There's just movies where he, he just. It seems like he's not really. He just doesn't have any real emotions. He's just kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm a grumpy old man, but he's not particularly irate. He's just. He's just there. Yeah. And it adds to the unhingedness of it. Like, this movie came out three years after Batman. Mm hmm. 1989, starring Michael Keaton. Um, and you can kind of see. It'd be, it's, it's interesting for me in my mind to, like, you know, go from The Shining. Yeah. To Batman. To this. To The Departed. Mm hmm. And just, like, 
he's Jack Nicholson, you know, like he's, yeah. he's out there doing He's it's, he's being typecast, but it's in the best, like, it's cause he's just good at that character at the, yeah. at the, I mean, like, you know, not, this is more between like departed and, and, um, and few good men, but just like how, you know, he plays this character who's just kind of, he's an old man. He does things the old fashioned way. He's, he, he represents the old fashioned way over mm-hmm. the course of the movie. He says slurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's, anyway. he's the last of the old guard. Mm-hmm. And I think like the way that the character is portrayed, like the way that he, the, after he admits to the very thing that like that he was supposed to not admit at all. Once mm-hmm. he finally says, I, I ordered the code red and I do it again. Yeah. He just thinks he, he like, can leave. ranting. Yeah. Like he thinks he's just, he's done nothing wrong. And it's, it's a perfect, it's, like, it's a perfect portrayal of that. Yeah. It really gets like, it really makes me want to be on Tom Cruise's side. Mm-hmm. Um, cause even though Tom Cruise is an asshole, you know, he's, he's just so brilliant. I mean that, <laughs> that again, that becomes less pronounced as the film yeah. goes on. Um, just gets better but uh yeah jack nicholson does an awesome job in this movie i you know so, solid performances all around i enjoyed everything yeah you know? i mean this is a solid tom cruise it's mm-hmm. definitely like a big big moment for him in his career yeah yeah of establishing like you know just what he can i just i love tom cruise in almost every movie he's in he's he may be he's not a great person but as an actor man whew. He's in it's some crazy, good man. movies. I want to go rewatch um, Mission Impossible 3. You know, I partly want to go watch MI3 just because I feel like I've hit the point in my life where I want to scientifically determine what is the best J.J. Abrams directed movie. You know, there's only like six of them and two of them are the Star Wars ones, which I'm not going to say anything more about. I mean, I feel like the answer is Super 8. Like, any way yeah. you cut it. Super 8 or... Super 8, Mission Impossible 3, and, and, and Star Trek. I didn't know that he did a Mission Impossible. That's Yeah, he, he did the third one after the, John Woo, after the John Woo one, which was it's well, not I good. Think, I think 3 is when Tom Cruise started producing them because like, the producers were like, no, you can't you can't keep doing these stunts. You're going to get hurt, and then we'll have, mm. all, have no movie. And he's like, well, I own this now, so I can the do whatever I want. The third one is also, like, super gritty. It's weird. It's an outlier in the entire franchise. Like, one is still kind of like, hey, you guys remember that cool TV show? Yeah. This is a movie of that. And the second one is just, I don't really remember anything other than it feeling, I was like a child when I last saw these movies. So this is, you know, it's based off of child Jaden's impressions. Um, the second one is just kind of like, oh, there's a virus. And I was like, I don't, oh, viruses scare me. Ooh. And the rest of this movie is just not fun. I mean, it is, it's trying to be fun, but it's just kind of explosions and motorcycle stunts that aren't good. And oh, is the, the third second one, one, the one with the 360 shot of the motorcycles? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Good. And then the third one is, is just like a bunch of people die. Um... Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it, so and he's the villain. He's awesome in that movie. Yeah, I, oh I my think goodness. I've seen clips from that of him. Yeah, he's yeah, really yeah. good. 
him and him and Tom Cruise work really good against each other. And then you know, then they restarted the series with the fourth one, which kicks butt, and the fifth one's pretty good. Hey, you know and who the else? Sixth is... one kicks butt as well. You know who else is in uh, Mission Impossible Three? Who? Maggie Q, who you may know oh, from Designated Survivor. Wow, we brought it back around. That's awesome. Good job. Good job. Good job, Maggie Q. Ooh. Speaking of things that get brought, sorry, um, Kevin Bacon's in this movie. Yeah, he is. He plays that. the government. He he represents the government. They he call plays... him the government most of the time, though. And it's yeah, it's because he's, he's, he's the person. Yeah, it's true. It is funny. It's just like, yep, that's him, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> behind everything. Okay, well, he's good in this movie, too. Um, interesting to see him and Kiefer in a movie after uh, Flatliners. Yeah. Kiefer has like a has has quite the baking number of one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old baking numbers. Um, <laughs> super relevant. <laughs> definitely something that still people care about. Yeah, well, Not I was home. I was home for the holidays, and you know, my dad was talking to me. He's like, "What if mm. get this right? What yeah. if you guys start doing the whole Kevin six degrees of." Kevin Bacon or whatever it was but you do that with Kiefer Sutherland I'm like yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's in a lot of movies <laughs> I yeah. mean the worst you know the worst thing is you're just going to be one degree removed from Kevin Bacon yeah so really that's true we just have to you're, you're if we want to do it super easy not do any work you just find that the Bacon number of someone and just add one yeah, I mean that's not it's not gonna be reliable, and it'll probably it'll be like it it's this at most. Yeah. Wow. 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 I'm glad we're pioneering new Kiefer research technologies here on this podcast. Speaking huh. of Kiefer technology, um, uh, <laughs> so it's it's a Kiefer. We we've established. That. I think it's time to move on to ah. IMDb plot keywords. Okay. So. This movie, this movie that was nominated for four Academy Awards. So oh, wow, week, which ones? Oh, now you're going to have to make me look at that. <laughs> I just want to know these things. Best Picture. It was nominated for Best Picture. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Why? Well, IMDb, why do you not just list all the Academy Awards in order? Why you got to... Oh, they, it does. I'm just really bad at reading. Okay. So Best Picture, um, Best Support, best Actor in a Supporting Role from Jack Nicholson. Uh, best sound and best film editing. Um, so keep this in mind. This is a, it's a big movie. Our last movie that we we watched and discussed, um, The Cowboy Way, it had a hundred and ten plot keywords. This movie has eighty three. So, <laughs> so what are you means even doing? Cowboy Way is better. <laughs> so I'm just gonna take you through some of my favorite. Um, Rain. Uh huh. Voiceover letter. Good man. Good woman. <laughs> Dress white. Wow. Reference to you who drink. Oh yeah, it's true. Reference to Coco Buff. <laughs> based on play. I thought it was based on a book. Nah, it's based on a play. Huh. Yeah. I thought the play was based on the movie. Interesting. Um. Now you know. And. Uh, hmm. What? 
Novice. This has been IMDb Plot Keywords. Great. Moving on. Welcome to Amazon Reviews. Um, I'm going to start off here. I decided, you know, for a good movie... I don't think it's really important that we read the good reviews. I mean, you can go and look through and try and mm-hmm. find one, but I've been going through and cause this is an actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of reviews about the product itself on Amazon. Um, and now, and so I had, I had to go through, but now, now I got it. Okay. I got one. I walked into a few good men knowing that Jack Nicholson's monologue at the end of the film is considered one of the greatest in cinema and that the whole you can't handle the truth line is quoted and requoted over and over by thousands of people the world over. Yep. That's it. That's what we do. <laughs> that was about it. I mean, it was a vehicle for T- Demi Moore and Tom Cruise to try and be serious actors, and it was a chance for Jack Nicholson to regurgitate Jack Nicholson. <laughs> what does that mean? You know, he's just he's just saying his famous line over. It's just, you know. You say it. He said, they say, hey. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> like we we get it. We can't handle the truth. What else do you got for us? Yeah, it's two and a half. No, anyway, I hated this movie. Within the first five minutes, so many cliches were thrown over the screen that I felt like I was watching a naval version of Forrest Gump. I actually enjoyed the cliches in this movie. Yeah, a lot of it just makes me feel yes, this is a movie. I'm I'm on board. You know, let's let's get into this. Anyway. The worst part about A Few Good Men is that the character development is so minuscule and so Mm. skeletal that they are, in a word, unbelievable. Like I said, cliches. Tom Cruise plays yet another hot-headed, arrogant kid. Demi Moore's plays your standard overachieving woman in a man's world overlooked and prickly because of it. Jack Nicholson plays himself yet again. (laughs) But the issues run deeper. This, this, you see... This guy's looking at all the wrong stuff, you know? Like... Anyway, the story itself is plagued with improbabilities and the development of themes that just never makes any real sense or impact. The depiction of Marines is predictable and sadly insulting, and the way film the film closes is so forced and so manipulative, but not in a successful way. Instead, it feels like a poorly conceived television movie, and the Matlock-esque score doesn't help it any. Any. I'm floored this was written by Sorkin. Yeah, apparently that's the guy who writes good things. I'm... Yeah. Um, yeah, anyway. The film centers on a young young naval lawyer who is asked to represent two Marines accused of killing a fellow Marine. They claim they were ordered to perform a code red. Seriously, the term alone feels so contrived and lazy, which is where they are asked to perform some sort of brute force against a fellow Marine because of their failure to live by the code. Their superiors obviously deny the order, and so they are fighting against accusations... <laughs> Made by more decorated and respected men. This young lawyer predetermines his course of action. But under pressure from a bitter female lieutenant, he changes his mind and starts to act with, quote-unquote, honor. This could have been something exciting and fresh, but instead it feels so heavy-handed and yet so hollow. Why do you say and yet? yet. Those two things are not contradictory. What? Anyway... <laughs> Cruz cheeses his way through the scenes. What? He does no such thing. He does thing. no How such dare thing. You? Especially How like. Dare you? Anyway, Sutherland snarls with comical intensity. How dare you? But that's also, like that's best. not unfair. That's, that's the, I'm gonna be honest. That's the Sutherland way. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. This was not his best performance. I think it's the buzz yeah. cut. It's not a great look on him. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, sorry. 
Speaking of buzz cuts, Kevin Bacon's haircut. He had <laughs> that man was looking like Guile from Street Fighter <laughs> the entire <laughs> movie. <laughs> Sonic Boom. <laughs> um, Mickelson puffs on that cigar like he were a cartoon character, and Demi Moore tries really hard to fake competence as an actress. Okay, what this guy got got against he Demi. He really hates her. Probably a misogynist. Definitely. Like. Let's be real here. Anyway, she was good in this movie. You shut yeah, up. She was great. Um, poor dialogue. The dialogue is the movie. It's good. The dialogue so good. is the good part. I mean, the, like, yeah, there's parts where you're like, okay, whatever. This is movie humor. Like, oh, we're smart and snappy. But I didn't hate it. It, I don't know. I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Mainly, it, it like good. it earned it earned getting some of those like smart and snappy movie things because it was a movie made. 30 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Poor dialogue, embarrassing development, and mediocre filmmaking. You didn't even talk about that? Cause A Few Good Men to be a forgettable stain of a film. Yeah, that's why people quote it to this day. Because it's forgettable. Anyway, that's the end of that one. Um, oh, the title is A Few Good Ideas Squandered in a Pool of Trash. I got one from Dennis Danielson. Um, Ooh is uh, the two-star review. Probably a good story, but we trashed it when the foul and dot, dot, dot. Probably a good story, but we trashed it when the foul and offensive language first appeared. Can't understand why entertainment industry promotes trash talk. I mean, you know? Like... If you're gonna criticize something I, in this movie, they, there's a lot of swears. I can't even be mad at that. Like, that's just... Like, that's just nothing. Yeah. Um... I didn't realize we were in the 40s, but okay. I was looking at the, the comments for my the other one, and somebody just said, you need to get laid, pal. Lighten up. <laughs> like, <laughs> whew. Anyway. That's good. That's good. I've got, uh, I got the next one. So, uh. This one is called uh, Campy Portrayal of the Men in Uniform. Every single man in uniform is is apparently in this movie. <sighs> I loved this movie when it came out. I recently saw the stage play. So I decided to rewatch. First, the soundtrack has to be the worst soundtrack of all time. This was a stupid soundtrack that provided breaks for commercials. Has everyone only ever seen this movie on TV? I feel like that's the only way to watch this movie. Yeah. Anyway. We both watched it basically in its TV form. Yeah? I've only ever seen it on TV. These people seem to have only ever seen it on TV. Carry on. Second, the actors clearly know nothing of the military. <laughs> what? You know, it's actors. It's a movie. Shut up! Like, it's the military in movies. No, it's it's. Although you're criticizing the military part and not not the legal aspect of this film. No, 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 no. Everything makes sense in this movie. No, because he. No. Anyway, but the fault does not end with them. I think the screenplay sucked, and its very nature. Where I thought Sorkin did a good job, after time, 
the movie is at best campy portrayal of the men in uniform. As someone who served on a wall waiting for an enemy in, brackets, West Germany, I'm offended by the movie. <laughs> I am glad for Demi, the Demi Moore line of giving thanks to those who protect freedoms. I think the actors did the best with what they were given. You just said oh, they I clearly thought, know I nothing about military. Fault. I thought it was the actor's fault. This is this is the whole Julia Roberts flatline issue yeah. all over yeah. again. Third, the movie is flat. Once you know crescendo line, the movie falls. The script mm. just has luck involved. What? How do you get lucky writing a script? I th- I think he means, I think he means like it's just a bunch oh, of Deus Ex Machina, the- which I strongly disagree, because at every turn, everything yeah. stacked against them. Yeah. Very, even... it's only Jack Nicholson's character's hubris that, that like, gets them the win. Yeah, like, we didn't even mention the part when, like, oh, guess we have no evidence. Like, they, one of their key pieces of evidence that was given to them by, like, a witness disappears, and then the witness himself takes his own life. Yeah, and he, so he it's... was going to testify, and then... And then he just, yeah, anyway... And so you're just like, dang, they really got, they got freaking nothing. Yeah. But they got lucky. But, uh, yeah. yeah. They got lucky. They got lucky. I mean, I guess you could argue that it was lucky that Jack Nicholson broke his cool, but who cares? Anyways, not really a good movie. <laughs> well. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if they're wrong. Yep. Has, this been, I, has this been Amazon reviews? We got another one. I got another one. Okay, take us out. Okay, this is from Oboe. <laughs> I only like to say the names if they're very clearly not the person's real name. This or is from... it's silly enough that, like, whatever. Anyway. Is it spelled like the instrument? Yes. Okay, good. Gee whiz, this movie's overrated. One star, July 12th, 2005. Mediocre plot. Questionable situations. Tom Cruise is the main character. Ick. Demi Moore is horrible. Big shock. N- Nicholson is okay, but then again, he always gets the aggressive and slash or crazy guy. If he actually played different roles, I would not be so critical and consider his performance outstanding, but I'm starting to think that's what he's like in real life. Didn't like how it turned out because Nicholson's character was right about people dying. Excellent performances, my butt. Great screenplay, right. Only watch this movie if you think Tom Cruise or Demi Moore is hot. If you really, really like Nicholson or have a thing for military movies that have very little truth to them and could never happen in real life. I was forced into watching this for a psych class, and I regret watching it. Can can I handle the truth? Of course. <laughs> See, this is the problem. Like, we, we, we're talking about this movie, how it's still, like, so, like... Hesitant to say anything, and yet people will still be like, "No, he's right. That man had to die. There's no other way." Like, yeah. There's no nuance. Uh, wow. <laughs> this has been IMDb plot. This has been Amazon reviews. Yeah, the good one. <laughs> How dare you? Okay, so we got we got two exciting pieces of news today um so first of all so i think we reported on this earlier or i might have just like sent it in a group chat that involves Jaden. who knows but 
there was earlier in um, 2019, there was uh, talks at some point of a revival of the Kiefer Sutherland juggernaut that was 24. Um, mm-hmm. But apparently Fox has announced that um, it's been, it's, it's, there's, it's not happening. So uh, pour one out. Pour one out for your, pour 24 out. <laughs> That's a lot of pour out. Yeah. But in other news, so last week we uh, we, we read through uh, Kibi's um, Twitter account. This week it's the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and Kibi announced something big. It's Queeby. What? It's Quick Bites. But wouldn't Qu- it be Quibi? Wait, <laughs> Quibi? Hold on. There's there's a video of celebrity. Go to the Twitter account. There's a video of celebrities, okay. including our man Kiefer Sutherland, talking. I'm on it. And I'm on it. We're going. Guillermo, he says, what does he say? Oh, Guillermo. He's probably going to say Kibi. That's what I'm guessing. But give me a moment here. Guillermo del Toro says Quibi. Quit. Okay. And he he made he made the fish movie so yeah I'm not gonna question he was the best director that year that's true um what's up with this he opening? is he's a good director we're we're saying this like we don't believe it but he's very good um so we ha- we have kind of an idea now of Quibi and I don't it's either the dumbest thing I've ever seen or the greatest thing I've ever seen and I don't know what yeah so it launches April sixth um. So as we've, we've mentioned before, Quibi is it's an online streaming service made specifically for smartphones. Kiefer Sutherland is starring in um, in a reimagining of The Fugitive on the service. Um, so they announced a bunch of stuff about it. Um, so it has this thing called turnstile viewing, and I they every t- every description that they have of it it makes no sense. But I think the idea is you can. Turn your phone, if you can watch the, the movie, or the video landscape, uh, and then if you turn your phone and you're watching Portrait, you see the view from the character's phone? I don't know. But they got Mountain Dew sponsorship, so. Sorry, I'm have... watching this video. It's Okay. <laughs> Is it... I'm not sure if it's the right one. No, I don't know. What? <laughs> what? What? Quibby. It's like I have quibbles with Quibby. Yeah. Oh, you know Peter Farrelly, my favorite director. Oh, beautiful full screen images like I've never seen before. You're just gonna increase the resolution on my phone. How to storytell on the small screen? What? Stop. Stop <laughs> pretending like this is anything. This is nothing. <laughs> this is nothing. Stop pretending like this is changing the world. You're going to this is going to change how you No, it's just the next step in it in in the devolution from from long form content to short form content. Uh YouTube's getting longer and Hollywood's getting shorter. That's true. You know well, what's going this on, is, right? Okay, where's the where's the one where Kiefer says it? Um, I don't think he, I don't know if he says it, but there's a video I saw okay, with I him in it. it. I didn't see it. One, uh, one show, one screen, two perspectives. 
hold the show phone horizontally, cinematic perspective. Hold the phone vertically, the <laughs> character's phone takes over your phone. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. Why are we still talking about Quibi? Because I... Why is it... I cannot... I need an outlet for this, Jaden. Every time you look at this, it changes me. <laughs> I hate this service so much. Here, go down to what is Quibi. Um, it's okay. a video. Okay. <laughs> I don't uh, care about Kiefer Sutherland time. says, I got Quibi and I need to go to the hospital. I don't know. Oh. From Ooh. the man who brought you Shrek comes Quibi. April 6th, folks. Get on it. I don't know if it's free or not, but I'm going to be the first member of the Chris service. Chris Teigen, you don't know the difference between a noun and a verb? That's funny. <laughs> Does it say, like, is it going to cost money? That's my... Our story. It's Jeffrey Katzenberg. Shut up about your story. I don't know. But stay tuned to this podcast for all the latest... And whatever the hell's going April, on with Quibi. April 6th. Like, it's, that's reckoning day, dude. Like, this podcast, I don't lit. think we're going to survive past that. That is the day of judgment. And all those who are not clean are not going to be able to continue watching movies. I do love how their whole marketing campaign is just, okay, This the name of this thing makes no sense. So we're going to show... That even the people who are working on it don't know what's going on, so it'll be relatable and there'll be buzz. Except, I don't want to see We're it. the only people talking about this. I don't know, Kiefer Sutherland just said that he needs to go to the hospital with Kiefer. That's true. Like, in one of my business classes in film school, like my teacher brought up Quibi, and I was the only person who had ever heard of it. And it's because of this beautiful podcast. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna sell. I'm gonna sell this podcast to Quibi. I don't even care. Let's wrap up. I gotta go. They gotta go have a meeting with these people. Yeah, wait, get to I Las just, Vegas. Just, one sec. I was just gonna say. Okay. Quibi. I think the thing that that I don't know. I just don't know why it exists. <laughs> and just like the fact that the that, that that 11 minutes is not even the standard for episodes. Episodes yeah. can be down to 4 minutes. Well, the thing that they say with like we're putting out movies, but we we break them up into like uh, pieces. Yeah, and we really sound like every like I just want to watch a movie Isn't that and how... I don't want to watch it on my phone. I don't I like watching YouTube videos on my phone. I like watching narrative content on I never watch TV or movies on my phone. Mhm. Yeah, I I like sometimes you know, I, I have in the past watched movies on my phone, but I do it less and less. Yeah. Like, it's just not, I don't know, I don't care. I'm an adult, and I have a large screen for a reason. Yeah, I like to watch, you know, comedy shows in bed before I, you know, yeah. I'm just sitting there, I'm like watching, you know, Monty Python or Archer or something before I'm going to sleep. Anyway. But like, if I'm sitting, if I'm sitting down to like, if I'm deciding to specifically watch a piece of narrative content, mm-hmm. I'm going to sit down and like give my full attention to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, Quibi... maybe, maybe the world is just moving past us. Maybe, we, maybe, <laughs> maybe we're 
you know, maybe we're out of touch. Jaden, I can no. guarantee you a single young, not a single person under the age of 16 has ever heard of Quibi. I can Zach, guarantee I was, you that. I was doing a bit. I know, but I need you to be aware of this. I was going to, I was doing a Simpsons joke. And you I, I know, I know. I was going to say, no, it is the children who are wrong. But the children, they don't even know. Anyway. That's true. So thanks to Kaya for our awesome <laughs> podcast art. You go check out all of the links to all of her stuff in the description. Mm-hmm. Thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music, Sax Rock and Roll. Go check out mm-hmm. those links in the description. Uh, go follow us on Twitter at HAKpod. Go follow Quibi on t- Quibi. I don't even know if I'm saying it right anyway. Quibi. It's Quibi. Quib- it's Quibi. Quibi. Yeah, okay. Quibi. Go follow Quibi on Twitter. Get ready, folks. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we didn't pick a movie. We need to pick a movie. <gasps> movie picking. Movie picking. Yeah. Okay. What are you? What are you? What are your nominations? Okay, give me a second here. I got a. I got one of them in my head. Are you ready for it? Oh, I don't know if I am. Okay, one of them. Mm-hmm. Dark City. Okay, I gotta look this up. Dark I think I, I think we it's talked one of the about more. Oh. It's one of the more real movies that he's been in, out of all of them, like legitimately. <laughs> It's kind of who <laughs> um either that or um uh okay 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 I'm gonna look for something if we go for um Chicago Joe and the Showgirl they just showed up. I don't. Oh, and he's the main guy in it. Oh, during that World is. War II, an American serviceman in London decides to impress his English girlfriend by acting as an American gangster, which soon turns deadly. Okay, I'm gonna see if we can find this anywhere because this—that's true—looks weird. <laughs> That's why I picked it. Because last time we watched a movie that, um, we did not find any streaming offers. Is it available in its entirety on YouTube? In a watchable format. Unfortunately, it does not appear to uh, be. Okay. Hold on, let me just do. Wait, quick. but you can buy the VHS tape on Amazon for two. Well, bucks. that does change everything. Unfortunately, <laughs> both my VCRs are broken. Uh, 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 I'm angry. Well, what if I buy it and I do? Do my own solo, because you can buy it on DVD for two hundred dollars. <laughs> That's, I mean, it must be a good movie. <laughs> it's got it, and it's got Babyface Kiefer in it too. Like, oh, listen, I'm down. I want to. I just so badly want to see this movie. Unfortunately. Ah. Okay, we'll watch Dark City. Okay. Because that's a real movie. Um, but yeah, I've been Zachary Ladeek. I've been Jaden Crow. And this has been He's a Keeper. Oh, I'm about to pay 15 bucks for Chicago Joe and the Showgirl on DVD. Oh, is- they also sell. Young Guns 2 on Blu-ray, but that's... That is... How many, how many Kiefer movies can I stock up on? <laughs>